Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Brazil and I'm the host of the show where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Today, we have Ben Davison of USA Rowing. He is an Olympic hopeful. Ben was a super cool dude. Really glad I had the opportunity to hang out with him and talk a little bit. Ben's actually from England. Um, so we get to go into how the, the differences, um, how much bigger rowing is really over there countrywide and, and as a sport. Uh, you know, here we kind of just consider it in a, you know, quote unquote Olympic sport. But over there, it's, it's pretty legit. Um, and people are doing that from a younger age. Ben talks about, you know, the, the choice to, you know, row here. He grew up in England. He was there until I think he was 10, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, so it's a significant part of your life. You grow up there and then his family moves him over here, him, his brother, his mom, his dad, they move over here. And we kind of dive into, no pun intended, you know, what the decision was like choosing the United States. Was there an opportunity to choose England and what we do with that? So super cool. He was a lot of fun um, to talk to. He almost made the 2016 games. Uh, he came in within less than a half, of, less than a second of making the uh, 2016 Olympic Games. So super hungry dude, a lot of fun to talk to. Um, great guy. So really, I really hope you enjoy this episode with Ben. But first, have you ever wanted to launch your own podcast but didn't know where to start? If so, you're in luck because I, I just partnered with launchingpodcast.com, a step-by-step -step video course to easily launch a podcast all the way from ideation up to your first four episodes. I use this information from the course to launch my podcast and I've seen some absolutely amazing results. I have people in England downloading my podcast, so that's kind of cool. Uh, why did I create a podcast? I wanted to grow my brand, build new relationships, and become a thought leader. And I have definitely grown my brand. I've built hundreds of relationships, and I like to think that I'm becoming a pretty good thought leader in this space. And now you can too. Head over to launchingpodcast.com, get $50 off by using promo code Mike at checkout. That's $50 off using promo code Mike on launchingpodcast.com. And without further ado, here's Ben. All right, today's special guest, Ben Davison, USA Rowing Olympic hopeful, born July 24th, 1996 in Durham, England, not the United States. I love it. Moved to Florida at the age of 10, started rowing his sophomore year of high school, and since then has represented Team USA 10 times. Currently a senior at the University of Washington, took a year off to qualify for the 2016 games and came within 0.86 seconds of qualifying for the Olympics, and he is currently a 2020 Olympic hopeful. Ben, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. The pleasure, I promise you, is all mine. Um, ben, so if you don't mind, take us back to Durham, England. What's it like? What was it like growing up in England the first few years of your life? It was interesting for sure, yeah. I was, um, so obviously I spent the first 10 years of my life there, so um, it was definitely a lot different to what I experienced in Florida. It was... Um, we're from quite a small town in, in the northeast of England, so um, we played, I mean, I, I played a lot of soccer growing up, um, and it was, uh, I mean, I loved it there. It was really, really nice. It was, um, you know, we lived in um, quite a small neighborhood, and I sort of know, knew, knew all the kids growing up and had a lot of friends and stuff like that, so yeah, I, re I really enjoyed it. I didn't start rowing until I got, until I arrived in Florida, so um, that was a bit different. Mm -hmm. And what, what made you guys move um, across the pond, as you know, people like to say? Um, I think it was just a bit of a change of scenery. Um, I think my parents wanted, wanted us to sort of experience, my brother and I, I have one older brother, um, sort of experience a new life. Uh, we, like I said, from a small town, so they just didn't really want us growing up in a small town and staying there our whole lives. And, um, and basically, we just saw it as kind of an adventure. Um, so it was just kind of, uh, we want to experience something new and um it was it was a big thing for our family um it was not easy but um 
you know, an adventure, like I said. So Mm -hmm. that's a great way to look at it. I love it. Most people look at moving as kind of a negative, um, but it seems like you guys really spun it into a positive. Was there any reason to move to Florida? Was it just the sunshine and beaches or, or what was that? Really, that that was the only place we'd uh, spent a lot of time, um, or my parents knew quite well. So just we we spent a lot of time going on vacations, mm-hmm. you know, instead of once or twice a year to Disney World and mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. type of areas. And uh, so we're spending more time in Florida as it was. So that was what we're familiar with. Okay, so then that's a pretty easy transition. I mean, if you're moving somewhere, you probably want to go somewhere that you're at least slightly familiar with, um, so you can right. kind of grasp the roots a little bit. So, um, what um, is rowing? a popular sport over in england yeah it's very very big in england um i remember when we were growing up we would um go down to the park and there was a a local rowing team that we used to Mm -hmm. go and watch uh occasionally and and um so you know it's very very big there um it's very fun very well funded by the uh british lottery and um through their system and they have a great uh great program so yeah it is very big there that is awesome. So what, um, was that a big reason why you started to row here? Cause I mean, you moved over at 10, but you didn't start till high school. So there was a, a few years before you even tried it. Like why, why here and not there or, or why now, I guess at that age? Uh, well, so I was, it, it's, um, I, we didn't really know about it and I was, and it usually it's, it's unusual for someone to start rowing quite small, like at, at the age of sort of 10 or below. Mm-hmm. Um, just because a lot of the boats and the equipment and stuff are built a certain way. So you have to be a certain size. That makes um, sense. so, so that, that maybe had something to do with it, but also, um, we just didn't find the sport until we moved to Florida. Really. Uh, my brother started rowing, uh, when he was, uh, he's two years older. So he was, uh, in eighth grade. Um, so then it took me a few years before I started going along with him and rowing in the middle school program and stuff like that. So it was really him him that found it uh he found the sport and uh started doing it and um and then it took me a while to transition into it very cool man i love it that's a great um great little story you got there so one thing i always like to ask um especially elite athletes like yourself uh, when it comes to what we here in the united states call olympic sports um meaning we really only watch them once every four years unfortunately can you just explain the sport to us i mean we know it's you know gun goes off first to the end wins right it's a race but what are what are some of the intricacies that maybe you know if you and i were sitting on the couch next to each other you would point out to someone that again only really watches it once every four years um yeah so i would say that it's as I mean, it's a unique sport and that, yes, a lot of people don't play it or don't have to have an experience rowing before. So for someone that's watching it, it might all look very, mm-hmm. um, the same. It all might, it might all look the same. It's the same if I was to say, watch someone diving. If I was to watch someone diving, I would say, Oh, that looks like a good dive, but the difference <laughs> between that dive and another dive, you know? So uh-huh. I suppose it's similar to, similar to rowing that aspect that it's, um, that there is, um, there is a lot to it that a lot of people sort of wouldn't see like the movement and um, that might all look the same, but there are a lot of small differences, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, I would say it's, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple from what you see, honestly, it's, um, there's a lot of training behind it. Obviously it's one of those sports that we don't really, um, throughout the year, there's not a whole lot of race, not a whole lot of competition and stuff like that. Um, It's, so you, we're, we're, we train, so say, for example, at university now we're training, you know, 12 weeks without a race, uh, without any kind of a competition. And this is, and then even in race season, we might only race two or three times. So um, there is a lot of work for such a small, uh, um, you know, a small amount of competition. But yeah. Mm-hmm. That's surprising. I, I didn't realize there were that few um, 
few races and competitions. What is the reason behind that? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think it's maybe just a tradition type of thing. Um, you know, it's, I'm not really sure actually, mm-hmm. uh, why that, why that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious that just, I mean, practice, you know, what, what's the famous quote? I get paid to practice. Uh, I, I'll play for free kind of thing. You know, that's, that's what yeah. everyone looks forward to. I want to have the competition. The practice is the worst part, but no, man, I love that. That's, that's cool. And what, what about rowing do you love so much? I mean, you've been doing it for however many 10 years, I don't know, however many years now at this point, like what, what about it has really kept you around for so long? Um, to and try to compete at such a high level. Uh, I actually, I actually do really enjoy the training part of it. Uh, like I said, it is a very training-oriented sport. There's a lot of training relative to the amount of seconds you actually spend racing. Um, so I think if you don't, to a certain degree, enjoy that that process side of things, um, it's just not going to be the sport for you. Like I said, I used to play soccer, and um, and it's just a different type of sport. It's mm-hmm. just. Uh, you know, I used to practices are a lot more fun, a lot different, but, but now it's with rowing. I'd spend a lot of time training and I honestly love that. I love the, um, the, what drew me to it was basically the hard work aspect of it that you mm-hmm. can sort of, that I can train and train and train and, um, put a lot of hours in and get faster at it. And, um, that you don't have to be necessarily always the most gifted per se rower but you just it's if you put a lot of work into it you can you can uh, you can make a lot happen so that's that's a lot of the time what i enjoy about it i do enjoy the process mm-hmm. yeah you're probably the fourth or fifth rower i've spoken to at this point and every single one has said you know you don't have to be you know gifted at rowing you can learn a lot of the techniques but the more work you put in the better you will become it's almost like a one-to-one correlation so it definitely makes sense that you know if you enjoy the process and you just enjoy being able to get better at something and it's a very it's like a math equation if this then this bang like that's all you have to do and you can do it so i think that that's pretty cool definitely yeah yeah that's that's definitely my favorite part and i we i said i used to play a lot of soccer um, and then got to the set of point round high school where it was just a case of it's just not I'm just not built for it. Um, it's just not you know there, there are a lot of natural born uh, soccer mm-hmm. players out there and I wasn't one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I, so that's when I sort of moved on to rowing a little bit and um, and enjoyed the fact that I may also not be um, the most gifted rower in the world, but I can sort of put more hours in and work harder. And so that's I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And just a quick aside: Does it kill you to say soccer? You can say football. I'm all for it, man. Oh, uh, I just, I just say I'm, I'm into the routine of saying soccer now, so I don't get, I don't get people questioning me all the time. Oh, uh, you're good, man. Do you think hey, you're, you're, you're a native? We can't really hold it against <laughs> you. I mean, it's one thing if you're from America and you try and be pretentious, but no, I kid, I kid. Right. Awesome, man. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And what, what do you? I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I like to ask you: Like, what do you? How you went from starting your sophomore year of high school? to representing Team USA 10 times in what, how many years is that? Like seven, eight years? Yeah. Like, like what, that's a meteoric rise in my opinion. Like what, what do you contribute? And I'm assuming it's worth work ethic, but I'm sure there's more to it. Like, how did you, like, how did you fall in love with it and then just put so much energy and effort into something that quickly? Uh, well, I, so my dad was my high school coach. So he had like a, he, he had a quite a large influence on mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, we, uh, it was something we did together and, and, uh, and really enjoyed, but both my parents have been super supportive, um, of me pursuing rowing, which has been a big thing. Um, so when I decided to stop running track and doing some other sports and playing soccer and stuff like that, and set a nail down rowing, um, I just, just decided to take it very seriously. And my parents and my dad in particular, uh, cause he was sort of my coach facilitated that, which was, um, and then it's just, 
and, and then it's that's sort of the history that ever since then it's just it's been um i've it, I've taken it very seriously and um it was it was then a couple of years before I made the first my first like the junior national team um and then just from there just cascade mm-hmm. I sort of fell in love with it and uh just started putting even more time into it so yeah and what have you seen so um ever since you did join or or be become a part of team u s a here how how improved have you seen your skills got with with the ability to utilize their coaching as well? I'm sure your dad's great, but extra extra eyes, extra ears have never hurt. Like how how much have you seen yourself improve since joining Team USA um, on uh, the rowing front? Yeah, for sure, a lot. It's been um, since since that, that even that first summer um, when I tried out for the junior national team, it just gave me a whole new perspective with new coaches and and seeing the um, uh, and you know, I didn't really know much about training and stuff like that. So that, that summer alone was really big for me just because I had a, a coach that had, um, that, that had, that I hadn't experienced before and taught me a lot. And then every summer since then, when I've been trying to make the team or, um, I've, I've had new coaches and, and, and they've given me, given me a lot and uh, perspective and, and I've learned new things. So, yeah. Was it frustrating having your dad as a coach? Oh no, I don't think so. I, no. I mean, we 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 really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, he knows me really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just which was really important, especially when I was sort of going through that that tough phase. You know, sort of fifteen to eighteen, mm-hmm. um, and I was sort of le- learning a lot about the sport and about myself. So it was uh, it was important. It was uh, having you know having him around. I really yeah. I enjoyed it, and uh, and yeah, we butted heads a, a few mm-hmm. times, but that's that's per usual, you know. I was going to say after practice, after one that maybe you guys didn't get along too well, that car ride home must've been a blast. So I can only imagine. Oh, oh, there was plenty of shouting matches, but they were outweighed by far by the moments where it went, where it went the right way and it went well. So of course, no, I love that. Um, so you made team USA. That's, that's pretty important. That's pretty fantastic. Uh, was there ever a time in your mind where you would consider joining, um, the, the team over in England? I mean, considering that's where you're from and that's where you grew up, that's where your parents are from. Was that ever a, a thought that went through? Um, not, not at the moment. Um, I think um, the Team USA and everything, the, the system here in the U.S. has given me, has, um, it's given me a lot and it's brought me a lot to where I am now and I respect that. So it's, uh, if it ever became, the only difference between here and the U and, and, and the UK is just the funding. Um, there is a lot more funding in, in England and Great Britain uh, for rowing. Um, but like I said, I've also had a lot of support here in the U S and a lot of people that have helped me out when I've needed it as far as uh, coaching and money goes. Uh, so I can't complain really. Um, mm-hmm. So until, until money becomes an issue, if it was a difference between being not rowing, rowing and not rowing, I would consider moving. But for now, it's I, I, I do see a certain degree of loyalty to mm-hmm. to the to the US to the US rowing and it's given me a lot and um, and it's where I started so I'm not not looking to jump ship anytime soon cool yeah that's just a question I mean I only run into people that are born in other countries so often um, you know so I always like to ask that question just yeah. out of curiosity you know I spoke with a gentleman who almost competed for team Iraq in his sport or, or Iran I apologize I don't want to sound like an idiot can't remember exactly which one but uh yeah that was a thought that went through his head as well and I, I mean it depends on the sport of course but yeah hopefully hopefully they start supporting you a little bit more and that will never become a problem but until then um you yeah. know we'll, we'll keep rocking and rolling so very cool and then so while you were in college you actually took a year off to compete and try and qualify for the 2016 games. Um, how how long is 0.86th 
um, 0.86 seconds? Like how, how, how quick is that? Is that like two blinks of an eye? Like what, what is that like? Basically that's essentially, um, about half a foot roughly. Okay. Foot, foot to a half a foot. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's not quite, it's not quite photo. It's, it is, it's a photo finish, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you, you could, you could just about see it. Um, if you were watching the race, you could see who won, uh, but only, only very carefully. So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy that, I mean, to a 2000 meter race in a, in rowing, it's about in that, in that race, it was a quadruple skulls race and it was five minutes and roughly 40 seconds long. So to, for it to be separated by that much is, is pretty intense. Yeah. That sounds like a good race from an outside perspective. Unfortunate, obviously, um, for your situation, but, um, when you took that year off, I mean, it sounds like that means you're, you're, you were crazy dedicated and crazy loyal. How much, how much time did you dedicate specifically just to rowing? during that time period getting up to and running up to the, the qualifiers? Uh, so from the time that I decided to take the year, I, I had spent obviously previous years up to then, um, but from the time that I decided to take it off um, and to take the year off of school in 2015, the set of the summer of 2015, um, it was, I, I just essentially just became a, a full-time athlete mm-hmm. uh, for the year and, um, and so, so was spending a lot of time doing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And is um, I mean that's just incredible that you had that much dedication. And I mean, of of course you're still in it, so it's great. But after a loss like that, after pretty much just taking, I mean, I don't want to say taking putting a hold on your life because you enjoy what you do, and that's the important part. But was there ever any you know some 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 dark thoughts that might have crossed your mind after something like this, along the lines of you know why do I keep doing this? Why is why did this happen to me? Anything like that, or was it just okay to the next one? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, lots of, lots of moments and I, I've had, this isn't the, I mean, the only setback, you know, it has, I've, I've had a lot of setbacks like this, um, you know, close misses or just poor performances in the final or something like that. And so, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, it's tough to get your head around, but, um, they're all learning experiences mm-hmm. and, um, and every time I have one, I get better at handling it. Um, and it was, you know, when I, after that one, uh, it was obviously a big one cause I'd, basically in my mind just taking a full year off and then it had just almost been wasted but mm-hmm. i hadn't i'd learned a lot from it and that's just sort of the way i looked at it and i was still i was 19 at the time um and gained gained a ton of experience and had a fantastic year um so I, you know I, that's now that's the way i look at it obviously mm-hmm. right after i wasn't yeah. it that way but yeah i've learned i i take take them as learning experiences now and um and i've had a lot of those that's so sort of those those tough moments um and it just it just sort of makes me stronger, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I I commend you because something like that, um, you know, some people would not be able to come back from something. Um, so it's incredible right. that you were able to. And yeah, I'm sure I'm sure the right after and the 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 few days and weeks maybe after that could have been pretty depressing. Um, but it sounds like you've taken it, you've learned from it, and as you said, you gained a lot of experience, you had a lot of fun. So it could uh, could definitely definitely have been a little worse. Um, so you come back to school. So you've been in school for the last few years. Um. 2019 so you're senior this year what um how what is NCAA rowing compared to I guess international and and national team rowing how have those differed and how have you been able to learn from both of those experiences um so in, in a, I mean the biggest difference for me is that um when I race internationally or a lot of the time over the summer I race um in smaller boats so I usually race a single skull or a double skull or a quadruple skull which are skull events so each person has two oars and obviously just smaller events. But here at university, um, the men, men's program isn't under NCAA, but essentially 
similar rules. Okay. Um, but we we race eights here. Um, so, um, and it's it's a much bigger program. So that that's that's probably the biggest thing for me is just um, used to training with a small group during the summer. During the year, we have like fifty guys, you know, mm-hmm. um, sort of working out together and trying to make different boats and stuff like that. So that's probably probably the biggest thing. Um, so there's just to got it a much different feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that totally makes sense, man. And then, I mean, 2022 is only a couple months away. Could you explain um, the qualification process? I know it, with the boat specifically in the country and then the actual people within it, because you just go over that for us so we have a good understanding of how that works. Yeah, so for rowing, um, the qualification process for Olympics is um, boats have to be, or the majority of the boats qualify the previous year to the Olympics uh, at the World Championships. So, this summer, everyone will go to Austria to try and qualify um, in their respective boats. And each boat class has a certain number of qualification spots. I don't know them all off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but it's like, but they vary. I think the, uh, the men's eight is five, as opposed to, say, the uh, men's single, which is 11. So, um, and each one has sort of a different, sort of in that range. I think as far as I've, I get off the top of my head, a five is the, is the smallest number. 11 is usually the, but there's a few people, there's a few mm-hmm. boat classes with, nine qualifying spots so it sort of varies and then mm-hmm. um if you don't qualify there or uh, you don't race there then there's the final qualification regatta which is in the year of the olympics usually around april um and again depending on the event there's one or two spots available there mm-hmm. and that's the event that unfortunately you lost last time around it is yeah yeah, yeah. so is that one last shot 0.86 seconds man I, is that number just like burned into your skull like from now until forever <laughs> oh for sure yeah it's a uh, it's it's a it's a tough one um and you, you just like i said in a race that long you think well it's it's tiny things then you know it's tiny mm-hmm. little bits so that those are the things that, that, mm-hmm. that kill me are just like well but yeah yeah i mean it's one thing if you get blown out then it's like hey they were clearly that much better and it's another thing you know i i watch a lot of sports so it's one thing if you lose by one point or one run um it's another if you lose by six six is like hey at least we went um more power exactly exactly yeah i sometimes almost i almost say i would have rather lost by more you know because i could at least just say well hey they just they Mm -hmm. just crushed us you know but with that 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 small amount you're always going to be like well have i done this or i'd eaten Mm -hmm. this or i'd you know but yeah. it's gone so that's true yeah if you eat in this if yeah. you ran you know you did one extra yeah man that's right. again i would have spiraled out of control for something like that <laughs> and that's why people like you exist and people like me do what i do so we appreciate your <laughs> representation man um so 2020 is right around the corner as i just said um getting ready for it what are the i mean what are the prospects i mean clearly you almost had a good shot last time you're now four years older four years wiser four years smarter what um how do you feel about this time around and and what do you think you need to do to make sure that you're you're, you're ready for these upcoming competitions. Yeah. So after the, uh, after we didn't qualify in the quadruple skulls, um, two of the guys retired. Uh, so that left me and another guy. Uh, and since then we have been around the double, um, sort of with the, with the intent of doing that for 2020. Um, we sort of decided after 2016, um, that the best, the best thing to do was to sort of commit to something at the start of the quadrennial. Um, and build throughout it. That's what a lot of other countries do. They sort of put together a boat um, four years out or three years out and then build and, you know, sort of get faster every year um, as opposed to what we did. And what it, it's, it definitely is a lot of the case sometimes here in the U.S. is like sort of boats come together um, year of the Olympics or year prior. And then it's very tough to sort of um, sort of build and and um, and then get into a qualifying spot. So that, that was what our plan was. And uh, so we've rowed 
two world championships. Now this will be our third where we'll try and qualify. So very cool. And so one thing, so with rowing, especially because there's going to be other people in the boats uh, with your race specifically, and then the ones you do at, at University of Washington, how much, um, how much chemistry and how much synchronization, not on the actual doing of it, but a, a more of like a brainwave length, like, like how much of that is as truly involved in, uh, in, within your sport? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Um, it's, you, you all have, you have to be on this, on the same mindset. Um, for, so like you said, not just moving together, but just genuinely on the same, on the same mindset. And I think as they, obviously as the boat gets bigger, it gets tougher and tougher. So, uh, for me and me and my doubles partner, it's, it's, um, it's, it's quite, it's a lot easier to be doing the same thing and thinking the same thing and working on the same things. But as you get to an eight, then it just gets, it just gets uh, a lot tougher, which is, um, which is the challenge, but it's also the fun of it. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's, it's that, that just adds another level of excitement or, uh, fun to the sports when you're all, all working together and, and trying to, trying to get on the same page. So there, it is very, very big. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, so 2020 is looking pretty good. I feel confident. I hope you feel confident. Um, how many more, so you have the world championships that's coming up. Is this the last opportunity to qualify before that final regatta? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we would have to go and finish in a qualifying spot, um, this summer in Austria. So crossing my fingers for you man that's fantastic so 2020 absolutely looks like we're good 2024 i'm sure you'll still be competing then um 2028's in la i mean i know it's the united states isn't your home country but you've been here a little bit longer than you have there so hopefully you're you're gunning for that but one thing i always like to ask is kind of what is your i guess what are your your aspirations after your sport um obviously you've been doing this for a significant portion of your life and we're not trying to kick you out anytime soon, but we know that athletes careers unfortunately do come to, to an end a little bit earlier than some others. So do you have any aspirations to either a stay in the sport and be a coach or do anything within it? Or, or are you just, you're here for the fun and then uh, you have other things that you're looking forward to doing after. I would love to give back to the sport in some way, uh, whether that's uh, youth coaching or um, coaching at the university level. Um, I we get a lot of enjoyment out of coaching. I love kids, and and uh, I'd love to give back in some way um, to to sort of youth sports uh, to begin with, and then maybe eventually it'd be great to coach a university program. So no, I'd love to stay in the sport. Um, that, that'd be that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Heck yeah, man! Awesome. Well, Ben, that's about it for me. Ben Davison, USA Rowing, twenty twenty Olympic hopeful. Ben, thank you so much for hanging out with us today, man. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Ben Davison. As I said, really cool dude. Um, I just love his demeanor and his mentality on kind of, hey, you know, just keep going. Uh, you know, how depressed I would have been if I almost went to the Olympics and I was half a second short. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, if I didn't eat this one thing three years ago, could that have changed it? Uh, there's just so much that goes into it. But he's a cool dude. And we're really hoping uh, that he's, you know, he's gunning for 2020. And I'm, I'm hoping that I get to see him on TV and see see him in all his glory. Hopefully he wins and, and brings home a gold up for us here in the United States. Um, it'd be pretty interesting to see who he's, who he's up against too. Uh, if it was England, that would be a very, very interesting matchup. But thank you to Ben. Uh, make sure to follow him on all his socials. Everything is in the show notes. Please make sure to follow us at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter. Uh, check out the website, www.ourathletes.us. Um, I'm updating that kind of more on a regular basis now putting more and more information a little bit extra content on there so please check that out um if you would like 
um, please make sure to subscribe, comment, share, do anything. Just just get this up there on the store a little bit more. I sincerely appreciate it. Would help out us a lot over here on the our athlete side, but also would help the athletes themselves out because the more people that can hear their story, the more inspiration the world gets in my opinion and i think it's it's just kind of a no-brainer at this point so thank you to everybody so much i sincerely appreciate it and also one last shout out to launchingpodcast.com and should use promo code mike at checkout you get 50 dollars off um and you learn how to make your own podcast and this is literally my favorite part of every day so i'm very glad that i had the opportunity to use that course learn from it and be able to build this so thank you everyone i hope you have a wonderful day